Welcome to Mending Fences, a podcast about effective ways to communicate and live with differences. I'm Patrice Bremner. And I'm Jen Hawthorne. We're both family law mediators and collaborative law attorneys, but our conversations go well beyond family law. We explore the personal, interpersonal, legal, and cultural impact of conflict. Hi, welcome to Mending Fences. I'm Jen Hawthorne, and as always, I am here today with my co-host, Patrice Brimner, and we are going to spend today talking about what you need to know going into mediation and how you can prepare as clients for mediation. And we think this is going to be a part of a series. So this is the first in a a series of recordings about how to prepare for the process of divorce in general. Do you think that's the fair way to say it, Patrice? Yeah, I think there are a lot of different facets or possible facets to this conversation. And Jen, you and I have talked about some of that and and it's made us want to record this. So I think a good jumping off place or a a, a bite-sized topic today would be you know, what you should know, what we wish people knew (laughs) before they started mediation or, or kind of how to start that. I'm sure we'll have more conversations about this. Yeah. And we, before we hit record, we were talking about how folks come into the divorce process in different emotional states and different mental readiness places. So as you're listening to this, remember, we're trying to give really general advice for where you should be starting, but you personally listening to this might be starting from a slightly different space. So just be open to adjusting what we're saying a little bit to make it work for you. Absolutely. So I don't know, Jen, do you want to jump in with like, what if, you know, if someone came to you and said, I'm thinking about engaging in mediation, my spouse and I are talking about that. We've made a decision to divorce. So that decision's made. And then we're thinking about doing mediation, but we're not sure. I guess part of that question is what would make people good candidates for it and what should they know? So what they should know, so I'm I'm just going to address what they should know first. What I tell almost everybody, regardless of whether they know what process they want or they think they know what process they want, is that if you are thinking about a divorce, the first step is to gather information. And lots of people hear that as gather information about your spouse, like have your story straight, get all the details, know all of their financial data. That's actually not at all what I mean. That is advice you will get from some folks, some professionals as you start meeting with them. But what I mean is gather information, start with process. So you think you want to mediate, talk to people who mediate. Ask them how that process fits into the larger divorce process. Ask them, you know, what what you might be giving up. Make sure you understand the costs and benefits of whatever process you choose. And there's lots of professionals who are willing to talk to you about that, um, either for free or at very low cost. Before you even start thinking about what does my personal divorce look like? Gather information. And then Patrice and I were talking about this before we hit record, but gather information about the laws too, which doesn't have to mean getting legal advice on your situation. But instead, there's so many resources out there that are pretty user-friendly. Like our podcast, for example, we talk about some of this stuff. But there's lots of blog posts written by law firms that will explain to you how child support works or how alimony works or how property division works. 
And then you should choose carefully, in my opinion, and this is showing my bias, about what lawyer you consult with, but it is perfectly okay to consult with a lawyer even if you think you want to choose an out-of-court process like mediation that involves a neutral instead of an advocate right up front. Yeah, and this may be, I think I'm a little bit quicker than you are to tell people you should talk to a lawyer, but be careful about who that person is. You know, choose someone who is mediation friendly and you want to hear things from them like, you want to hear them saying, I support mediation and and one of my goals is going to be to support you in that process and work with you to make that successful. You want really want a full-throated support of the mediation process. But I think it's a good idea for people to hear from an attorney, not just the general, here's in your jurisdiction, right? Whatever state you're in, here's how these laws work, but also here, here's how it might apply in your situation so that when you enter the mediation process, you have some context for the conversations that are going to start And I think one of the reasons it's important, and I don't mean to undervalue the other resources that you mentioned, Jen, because they're very good. No, that's not what I'm hearing. Right. And they can be very cost effective. What you're saying is to start to gather that information as it applies in your state so that when you start mediation, you're not starting from a place of having expectations that aren't in line with the possibilities. And one of the things that you said, this is actually, if you caught the look on my face, what I was thinking is you said that the lawyer might start applying the laws to the situation, but that what they should be saying is it might work out like this. And that to me is a huge difference between an attorney who supports out of court negotiation and mediation and an attorney who is setting you up to say, this is what a judge will give you. Or this is what should happen. Right, right, right. I don't mean it that way at all. I don't mean, right. You want, that should be a red flag. If you're, if you're, if you really want an out of court process, you don't want to be taking advice from a lawyer who's saying, here's what should happen. And here's what you should be getting, or here's what you should be paying or whatever. Exactly. Like you said, you want someone who says, well, okay, so what you're telling from what you're, you're telling me, this is what I could see might happen, but I want you to go into the mediation process with an open mind and I'm going to be curious when you come back after having conversations with your spouse, what your spouse was saying. And when you start telling me about the agreement that you came to, I want to understand why that's where you landed in mediation. Absolutely. And and I think I want to just also frame like the reason it's important to gather the information and the reason it's important for people to have some context, some, some legal or factual context for the decisions they're making in mediation is because the mediator can't provide direct advice to either person. And that can be really frustrating for people if they don't understand the role of the mediator is limited and they cannot tell you what you should do or what's in your best interest. And the other place I, I think it's really important, and we talked about this, I'd love to hear you talk about it some more now, Jen, is Sometimes people will come into mediation with expectations pretty locked in and maybe they've been talking to each other in really constructive ways and they've they come in with um a basic outline of here's what here's how we want to fashion our divorce here's what we want to have happen and then they find out for some reason that's not possible or there are other things that need to be decided that they hadn't considered. And as they start to consider those other things that need to be decided, things that must be 
addressed, it changes the way they think about their initial framework. Yeah, I think that does happen all of the time. And it's not even that people think they're being positional or even that they're at odds with each other. But part of our job as mediators is to do a lot of reality testing. Because what we're trying to help folks get to is a practical livable agreement. And sometimes even when both people agree and they come into my office and they're telling me this is what we think will work for parenting or this is what we talked about for support or property division or what have you, you know, all of those sort of red flags start popping up in my head because either I can see, you know, a judge might not approve what they're talking about or it's not even close to in line with the child support guidelines, which is a big hurdle to get over, which is similar to a judge not approving, but a little bit different. Or they start telling me about their work schedules combined with their parenting plans. And I know they were coming to the parenting plan that they came to because they want it to feel fair and they want it to be exactly the same for each parent. But sometimes, given the realities of people's lives, that's not practical. Or it can be the opposite, that they're trying to keep the parenting plan that they sort of had during their marriage in place with one person doing certain things and one person doing another. And again, it's just not a practical ending for them coming out of divorce. And our value as mediators is our experience, right? And so part of our job without giving them legal advice is to ask questions around, is this practical? How is this going to work? How is that going to work? And make sure that they've really thought it through. And so I very often tell mediation clients and, and clients that I'm working with in any out of court process, when you start this process, you might have in your head what you think the ending might look like. It might be built around what you think that framework looks like, what you've heard from other people. Lots of different things feed into our brains all the time that that give us these expectations. But the most important thing coming into mediation is come in with an open mind, come in really being open to thinking about what are your own interests. And I've used this term with clients before, come in with fresh ears to be able to hear what your spouse's interests are. Even if they've told you these things before, try to hear it differently, framing it in like a future looking perspective. And you both might be surprised that you might land at something that ends up feeling really fair, really practical, really livable, but completely different than what each of you came in expecting the plan to look like. That's such good advice, Jen. We have to wrap up for today. This has been a little bite-sized piece of preparing for mediation, preparing specifically for a divorce mediation. I think it's really good, solid framework for where to start and how to start to think about it. And we'll keep this conversation going. I know there's a lot more to it. Yeah, we're definitely going to keep talking. Thanks, Jen. Thanks, Patrice.